Welcome, everybody, Yankee Chronicles podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm here with Donald and Evan, and we are not happy. Uh, the Mets made a blockbuster move. They hate Mayan. It is not towards the Mets. They did what they had to do. The Padres are doing what they have to do. But those were not the two teams we expected to be in the headlines for the offseason to this point. What the hell is Cashman doing? Where is he? Why is he not making significant moves? We were talking the other day about uh, Greg Allen. They got a uh, JC on a minor league deal. They're not terrible moves. But why is DJ not signed already? That's where my frustration is. Donald, what do you think? Well, I don't want to be too reactionary because obviously – We've had 24 hours to sleep on it. First of all, congratulations to the Mets. That was a phenomenal deal. I mean, it's a steal. Are you kidding me? Rosario and Wolf and Andres. I mean, come on. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a steal. And for Carrasco, for Lindor, congratulations to them. Great deal. An awful job by Cashman. Like, where is he? I mean, for one, he should be in on Carrasco. I mean, like, he's, he's got $12 million next year. I mean, that fits into our very tight budget right now. And he would have slotted right in as a number two, <clears throat> you know. But it would have taken a lot of pressure off. So that's that's one thing. The next thing is regarding DJ LeMahieu, they're just doing this cat and mouse game right now. And honestly, I've been saying this since, you know, we've been podcasting over the last few weeks. I don't understand why we're playing this cat and mouse game with our best player, you know. MVP of the last two years, without question. I mean, this cat and mouse game, okay, I understand the narrative that um, no other major free agents have signed. I understand that. But we kind of have a lot of holes, and we got a lot of, we've got a lot of work to do. And we're just kind of playing this cat and mouse game, which we don't really need to do, because as long as this continues, other teams are getting interested. And we'll listen to the Michael Kay show. He is very clear about this. He's like, Either use the L, use you know, do it or get off the pot is what he said. He's like, if you continue this, Toronto Blue Jays are very interested. The Dodgers are very interested. And now that we lost our Plan B, he was our Plan B. And now that the Plan B is gone, if he's if we don't get DJ Lemayhew, we are screwed. Yep. How, not, sorry, I got to jump in there. How the hell is that plan B? You think a $300 million player who's going to get an extension is a plan B for us? No, it never was. It's ridiculous. Was, no, Cashman went in. Cashman. Of course he did because he has to. He has to make that conversation because if you don't, you're the biggest idiot in the world. You think Trevor Story is our plan B too or our plan C? The, no. First off, the value of Lindor and Carrasco is exactly where I said it was going to be. Yeah, you nailed Kobe, that. Which is why it was a steal, Donald. You were right. Because there was no market. Look at the two teams that made moves this offseason. It's the Padres and it's the Mets. And you guys are acting like you're surprised. Those are the two teams that always act reckless, recklessly every offseason. We've seen Can this. I'm surprised. I ain't surprised. No. When, he, when he took over in November that he was going to go all in. And he's already said now he wants to blow past the $210 million. Right, which is why they are the only team that could have possibly made that move for Lindor because he has the $300 million that Lindor's going to demand he gets. And he probably will get close to that. And Cohen's going to give it to him. Yankees were never going to do that. If the Yankees could have had $300 million or even two fifty on the table to offer to Lindor, then they probably make that move. But you cannot make a move with a player who's on a one-year rental if you're willing to give up the pieces that we were going to have to give. Because I do think we would significantly have to pay more than the than the Mets paid because we're the Yankees. That's always going to be the case. Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, I was talking about Carrasco. I wasn't necessarily into Lindor. I was saying Carrasco. I think we should have made a move for Carrasco. Well, Carrasco, we, we talked that's about as an option for the bullpen, for the rotation because we need somebody behind Cole. That's what I was saying. And I think now – now it puts even you know more of a spotlight on uh, acquiring Castillo. But what the frustration is, it's not it's not Lindor. You know, the fans mm -hmm. had him as an option B, not so much the Yankees. 
you know, because that's just what we do. We put we put our hands onto everybody to see who we can get, and we hope that it'll work out. But we know that they're not working to spend the money on Lindor. We knew that. One, because, and this is the frustration. The Yankees are not addressing things like the Yankees should. I understand, you know, we all know that there were financial losses last year. You know, the Padre, you know, Cohen is a different story because he wasn't an owner last year. So he didn't lose anything. Okay. So he has the flex, he has the financial muscle to, to show up all these teams that are trying to salvage whatever they lost. But you want to salvage what you lost? You make the deals to put asses in the seats and bring in your revenue through the ticket sales. But see, that's why they're not, because they don't even know if they're going to have that option next year, putting people in the seats, which is why the Yankees are being this drastic. We, we, we sit here and we want to blame Brian Cashman, but at the end of the day, Brian Cashman has a job. He's a paid employee of the Yankees. It's Hal Steinbrenner, who's a financial guy, who doesn't want to spend a goddamn dollar to fix this team. And you had Hank, who's now rest in peace, is gone, he wasn't a fan of baseball either. Neither one of these two who own the New York Yankees gives a shit about baseball or the Yankees like their father did, which is why we, the fans who have been spoiled over the George Steinbrenner years, can't sit here and handle the fact that we are losing players that we could have easily gotten with the amount of money we have and the prospects we have sitting doing nothing with. Completely agree with that. Well, that, that goes back to when we were talking, I think it was two weeks ago, with all the prospect hugging. You know, enough. Make the moves. Cole can, you know, Cole can pitch five days a week, seven days a week. You need solid arms behind him. You know, we don't know when, when Severino comes back, we don't know if they're even going to, you know, we, we don't know what condition Severino's arm is going to be in. So it, it's, what's going on, Rob? Thanks for coming. Jo- yeah, pop in yeah. there. We're already going. <laughs> uh, sorry I'm late, guys. I'm mean, enjoying uh, the show. <laughs> I've already yelled at both Robert and Donald. <laughs> so I missed a lot, apparently. We don't know what condition Severino's going to be in. Is he going to be able to bounce back to a, two, uh, a number two on? Or is he going to um, regress a little bit and be a four or a five? Which we already have with Montgomery. So Cashman, you know, I'm not, you know what? We'll leave Cashman out of this because Evan made a good point. It's, it's fine, right? right. Hal needs to get his ass in gear and give Cashman the green light to stop hugging all these prospects, make some moves. The free agent market is moving too slow. It's time to start going the, the trade route. you got to build up this team. Here's the problem that we've got right now. Apparently, we're $30 million under the tax threshold, not including DJ Lemayhew. So, Say we do re-sign DJ, he's going to want between 21 and 22 million, okay? That leaves us eight, right, to find a second starter, relievers, and a middle infielder to back up Torres at shortstop. So that is a lot of holes. That's not something, I mean, it's, it's, I mean we're going to have to start trading. If you're going to get a second starter, I don't think you know, you're going to get a, a really good you know, so I'm, I'm tired of hearing about this tax threshold. You have to give a little bit to the other teams so they have to they have the options to build up and improve the sport throughout, then you do it. You do it. Because other teams are not caring of you know, there are teams that, that worry about with the money and some don't. You know, the money will come. That's different this year, though, because every single team lost so much money. The whole sport lost, what, billion dollars or something? They lost a lot of money. So for a team like the Yankees, you're going to look at them and go, oh, it's the Yankees. It's the greatest organization in the world who has the most fan base. They're probably going to be fine. The Red Sox are probably going to be fine. Do you think the Marlins are, are fine or Tampa Bay, for example? Like, they made it to the World Series, and they probably still lost a shit ton of money and are not doing okay, which is why they made two drastic moves to get, you know, those contracts away. You know, so maybe an option is the owners all get together with this, you know, with the commissioner about restructuring the tax thresholds to help some of the, 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 the smaller market teams and the mini market teams like Marlins, that really are just scraping through 
and help them build. Because the more teams that do stay competitive, the better the sport, the better the competition is in the sport. Which is why I like the the, the profit sharing. I thought that was a great thing for the game. It's it such for the Yankees. Such for the Yankees. <laughs> bottom line, but so what? It's the game that needs to survive, not one team. But this parody has already—you've already seen the parody. There's lots of been there's been lots of different World Series appearances from all these different teams, mid-market, small market. So the profit sharing has worked. Exactly, but you know, and you know, Evan's good point. You know, it was this was a rough year in 2020 for a lot of the owners. You know, only one owner did not lose anything, and he's the one that's, that that made the big splash yesterday. That had a lot of us Yankee fans looking at each other, going, "Well, how how are the Yankees going to respond to this?" The response was the very next day. The headline should have been LeMahieu is back in the Bronx. But we do live in the George Steinbrenner era. Whenever a competitive team like say the Red Sox or the Mets made a big headline, George Steinbrenner would make sure that 24 hours later there was one hell of a headline for the He game. would have made two headlines today. He would have gotten DJ and fucking Castillo. You, like, right. That's why it's so frustrating. Well, we don't live in that era anymore. Exactly. And, and if you're our age, you just can't get past that. And if you're, if you're younger, you've never seen it, so you don't really understand how frustrating this is. It's like we're stuck in the past, and they can't. They, and younger fans don't understand why we are frustrated the way we are. Yeah, Rob, you were, you know you jumped in late, so we were you know just really we're just bitching and moaning today. You know we we <laughs> hit a boiling point. You know we don't give a shit. It's Friday. We're supposed to be excited for the weekend, and no. we're watching. <laughs> no. Nothing being done. So, what what are you frustrated? You know, what's been frustrated with yesterday? Were you frustrated at all? I was not expecting Lindor. I really wanted Carrasco. That's been the yeah, guy I've wanted like all off season. That's the thing that makes me mad is that we didn't even go after him. Um, but as I said in a previous podcast, I was hoping that for the Mets fans' sake, that Cohen wasn't just blowing smoke and. Clearly, he's not. But in terms of us, who else is out there? Like, we're not getting Bauer. I've already come to the realization we're not getting Bauer. We're not getting – probably not even going to get Taiwan Walker at this point. He might be out of our price range. So, is Shashin, is how we say his name, is that the yeah. guy? Is that, our, is that our move? Like, I think he's a good depth piece. It's a minor league deal. There's no risk to it. But we need more. Whether it's adding to the bullpen or adding to the rotation, you have to do something. DJ would be great. Our offense is set with DJ. We don't have to worry about where we're going to get offense from. But we need pitching. And yep. haven't done it yet. So, yeah, I'm frustrated. Maybe not as mad as Evan usually is. but well, I, I'm <laughs> and I think the thing that frustrates me the most with this is that we all, we all said it here in October and November – that free agency would be dead this year. Yeah. We, no, we knew that. January, sitting here, still waiting on free agent signings, when all we've seen is, what, five big trades? That's all that's happened this offseason is trades. So, Cashman, figure it out. Go take our prospects and get us Castile or someone else because this has been a waste of time. And if you go and get Castile, then spend a little bit of money that we have, get DJ, and I'll shut the hell up for at least a year and a half. A year, no, half a year. Whatever. The problem is, it, it goes, it, it keeps going full circle to the, the to the financial. And I'll I'll I'll, I'll say this until I'm as I'm I'm Yankee blow. There's the money will come if you put if you make the moves. Whether even if it's not right away through ticket sales, because we still like you know you said Ev, we don't know what's going ha- what's going on with if there's going to be any limits on stadium capacity. Yeah, but you can rely on jersey sales. But exactly, it's the merchandise. It's the you know the brand the the brand of the Yankees should be able to keep you afloat. And if it's not keeping you afloat, then you have a branding issue. And the Yankees yeah. do not fit that 
at all. They do not have a branding issue. <laughs> right, and look at the fact. We've had Garrett Cole for 60 games, and he's already the number one uh, jersey sale on yep. our team. Yeah, it, it's – ah, I don't even fucking know anymore. I just, I just want something to happen. No, and did you see the article that came out of the ex-Angels uh, staff member who uh, showed a text yeah. from Garrett Cole saying something about uh, doctoring the baseballs or something? Yeah. So now there's so whole thing. Is that anything to worry about, do you think? It's not going to amount to anything, but now we have to listen to all these Astros fans. Start, oh, see, see, we told you the Yankees are cheating. Oh, oh, oh. Every Astros pitcher probably horrible. does it. Yeah, the, the, the Yankees yeah. cheated, but, you know, the Astros are the ones that got to the World Series. And it's a non-story. You know what? If somebody's going to throw towards me at 100 miles an hour, I want them to have a good grip on the ball. I'm sorry. I, if you're allowed to put pine tar, a little pine tar on the bat, you could use something on the ball. And I don't, the rosin bag is not as effective anymore as it used to be. Yeah. Have you guys interacted with any Astro fans on Twitter? They are vile human beings. They're horrible. They're tough. I'm friends with a couple of them because they think I'm funny because of my recklessness, but I've been blocked <laughs> by most of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are, you know, there are one or two that are, you know, just legitimate baseball fans that just root for the Astros. You know, like we're baseball fans that root for the Yankees. You know, we we try, you know. We appreciate the game, not just one team. You know, there are, in every fan base, there are fans that just really do appreciate sport and want, you know, the sport to be competitive. There's no, you know, you, you want the, the, you want to share the wealth, you know, and, it's, and that's really more as players than with money. You know, when players are spread out, with all these, you know, these young talents you have, you know, with Soto and, and Taddeus Jr., you know, it used to be as soon as you heard these big names, the big markets would come and steal them. Now that right. they're holding tight and staying with their organizations that they came up through, and I think that's great. But when the time comes where you need to make a move, you have to be aggressive if you want to win. That's what the Yankees need to, to go back to remembering. I think the problem with that point, though, is that teams like the Padres and the Marlins in the past, even when they win, they tend to dismantle that team right away. So is Tatis really going to be there for the next 10 years? You would hope so because it's good for the game. Yeah. But realistically, I'm not sure the Padres are a team that can look 10 years down the road and still have the same team. I think they're going to make a bunch of drastic moves as they do every winter and every uh, trade deadline. I mean, how many times have we seen them trade for an outfielder that they already have? It's the same type of player. They just bring in another <laughs> outfielder. Yeah, that is true. You know, the, the Pirates are another team that, you know, they like to, to cycle through their players often. You know, as soon as, you know, actually Tampa is the worst with it. As soon as you're ready to get, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll help the team succeed. You know, they'll get the big, you know, the, you know, the big games on TV and the place playoffs and, and then they sell everybody off when it's time to get paid. The Marlins did it twice. Just done. They just got rid of Lindor. <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah. Cle well, Cleveland at least had a, you know, they put a solid run together. They didn't win a title, but they had a good run. And I think. They came close, though. Very close. They just kind of reset, you know, I wouldn't have get used Lindor. I would have paid up, but they don't have, you know, I don't know why these teams are always crying poverty. Uh, to me, that makes no sense. I'll be shocked if the Mets don't resign him, though. And if they don't, that's the dumbest move ever. I mean, yeah. they really did not give up anything, and you just got a probably Hall of Fame shortstop. So you give him whatever he wants, especially if you have that money. Robert brought up the Marlins a second ago, and, you know, that's a detriment to the game. When you win the World Series in 97 and you dismantle the team and then win again in 03 with a completely different team, that's not good for the game. And if you look at other sports, most teams do not do that, even the small market teams. They don't, that doesn't happen in hockey. That doesn't happen in football very often. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just, yeah. 
the first, you know, we're just all, you know, we're at that boiling point. We had, so I had said it. Um, I expected by New Year's to have LeMay here. And we're still waiting. It's just so crazy that only and one if, if we were, if, Well, the four of us were able to sit here and come up with, an, you know, with multiple scenarios of how both LeMayhew and the Yankees can come out winners in a deal. They can't figure it out. That's what I don't you know. We're, we're just four people sitting on a freaking couch figuring out how to help the Yankees succeed. And they just see that they're coming, they're giving the impression that they don't know what they're doing. No, and we literally had an entire episode where we did like 30 or 40 trades, and one of the yep. trades we talked about was Lindor and Carrasco. We knew exactly what the price range was. We knew exactly what it would cost. We knew exactly what Cleveland wanted. And we – I'm sorry. We have better pieces than Rosario and Jimenez. I'm sorry. That's not that good. I'd rather have Velope and Gill. I'd rather have Velope and Garcia. Yep. So just on that note, because the Yankees look like they're going to go all in with – uh, you know, Gill and Schmidt and Garcia as prominent parts of our rotation next year. Do you guys remember, was it 2008 when we went all in on the rotation of Phil Hughes and Ian Kennedy in their rookie years? Do you remember that? And, and, then, Chamberlain. and then the jobber rules where they screwed up his arm because they were he was in and out. Of, of, you know, closer, set up, middle relief, starter. I mean, and that plan failed and that year we didn't even make the playoffs that year it was a miracle yeah. in 80, what 89 games won that year a miracle and that was that. what held us from getting uh santana which in exactly. hindsight would have been a disaster and then, but, once um, again cashman's making exactly the same mistake because there's some perfectly good pitchers on the market castillo is one of them that and the thing is with castillo is he's not like he's a veteran like an aging veteran he's what is he like 26 or something he's, he's young and he's a firearm yeah yeah, yeah and he He's a good pitcher, and like if we're seeing that the price tags for some of these star players is not that much. Now the Reds could be asking for a lot, but we're probably not going to have to give up Dominguez, who I think we can all agree is probably the one untouchable amongst these prospects. Maybe Garcia, because he's no, good, I would say Domi- I would I say Dominguez is probably the one untouchable that's not on the forty man at this point. That's, that, that's yeah. my opinion. And if you have to give up Garcia to get a guy like Castillo. But then we also have to think about things it. like the Rule 5 draft the and, and the 40-man roster. I mean, the more and more prospects that you keep a hold of and hug, you, you lose some kids to the, you know, the Rule 5 draft. You, you can't add people to the 40-man roster because there's not enough spots left. I mean, you've got to add these things into consideration when you go and go and get a top-level starter. You put a couple of prospects together, get a starter, you know, and you have to – what Cashman struggles with is to figure out what a player's ceiling is, you know. He's – you know, he keeps a hold of them. But there's a lot of these guys have a ceiling, and the key is to trade them before they reach their ceiling and you get the maximum value for them. And Cashman really struggles with that, really. But he also has no trust in pitchers' values. He has no trust in that, which is why when you mentioned Johan Santana and that was a good move uh, not making it, We've seen the opposite of that, where he just refuses to give up on players that he needs to give up on. And it's like they're still sitting on this team with no value now, and we're probably going to just let him go after this year. Yeah. You know, I, want, I want to kind of uh, flip on, on, on this for a, li- for a second and, and indulge me. If we're always screaming about how Cashman is a terrible evaluator with pitching, right? And he doesn't develop pitches at all. You know, our position players develop very well, but pitching has always been Cashman's kind of kryptonite. Now that we're seeing that these pitchers have an ability to develop properly, should we maybe bite the bullet and just hold on to them for one, one more year to see what their true value is? Uh, maybe, but right now I think the American League is the most winnable it's been in a while. Because we just saw the defending American League champions trade their ace. Uh, the Cleveland is giving up 
Um, there really isn't a ton of competition in our own division aside from maybe Toronto at this point. The Rays are still going to be good, but I think at this point right now, we're probably a better overall roster if we'd get LeMahieu back and another good pitcher. So I think right now is the best time to go all in. It, it, has, a legit to shot. it has to be because when you have Boston who – you know, one, two, three years ago. Now they're in a significant rebuild because they lost all their resources to do that. Now's the time to strike on them. Um, right. You know, you have Baltimore, who's basically just evaluating talent. Uh, the catcher who they picked uh, two years ago, he's going to be up this year. Um, I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, but he he could be a very good uh catcher moving forward so they're going to be evaluating talent Toronto's right on that borderline where they're either going to be pretty solid or a complete disaster so you really do have the opportunity now to win not only the division but to go deep in the playoffs like you said Tampa Bay lost two of their best players so yeah no, I just you know I'm just trying to look at you know different angles as we go you know the frustration starting to mellow a little bit <laughs> you know and I'm, frustration hasn't left, but I'm not a, as pissed off. Oh, I'm a te- I'm up here, dude. I'm so furious with this offseason. Yeah, not I'm because pissed, I didn't know it was going to happen, but because I knew it was going to happen, and we had to sit here and pretend like we had hope that it wouldn't. We knew we all knew this was going to be the offseason. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think what I think it was our very first episode. We were saying how this is going to be the the most you know the, most, the slowest offseason we've ever seen. But I didn't, like ex- I didn't expect it this slow. I didn't what expect I the Yankees to be this dormant. What yeah. I mentioned in the previous um, podcast was my belief was that, you know, last year we had significant issues at uh, a pitcher behind Garrett Cole. We had obviously issues with defense um, all over the, the roster, especially middle infield. Um, we had issues, um, relief, because, uh, we, we, you know, we lost a couple of arms um, during the year, and we didn't have enough bullpen arms. And you look at it, and, you know, all these issues need to be fixed if we're going to be a serious playoff team. Let's be honest, okay? And uh, we're going – we're looking like we're going into February, and none of this has been addressed. None of it. Zero of it. And the very best we can get for hope for is exactly the same team as we had last year that we signed DJ Lamont But it's still a flawed team. Right. And I think that's the issue too, because we're a top five team. But if you go around the league and you look at the top five teams, who has the most significant amount of issues and holes? We do. That's not okay. And unfortunately, our organization and the front office is banking on the fact that we've been a top five team since 2016 when we had a rebuild. I don't want to bank on that anymore. I want to win a goddamn World Series, and we have two or three moves that we can make to do that, and they don't want to do it because they don't want to lose money, because they don't want to do it this way or that way. Make up your mind. Either get rid of the prospects or spend the money to do it because we're right there, and it's embarrassing that we're not as New York Yankees making these moves. Yeah. And I, another thing is, like, there's, there's good bullpen arms right now on the market that can be had for probably cheap because Cleveland didn't pick up Brad Hand's uh, option for ten million. I was going to bring him up to replace Kainley. Yeah, Look at every Ryan's other team said no. Yeah, there's a he lot of good names out there. That was a small deal that he just got. It's like, come on, Cashman. And they kept saying, "Oh, we had interest in him." Interest means nothing to me. I don't want to hear we have interest in someone. Either talk to them and get it done, or shut the fuck up about interest. Interest means nothing. No, exactly. You can go out and get even if you don't get like a legit number two there are some decent arms that you can fill innings with i guess but we already have a good bullpen right now the back end whether you not whether or not you like chapman he's still one of the better closes in baseball britain's great green we know has the stuff to be really really good loisago we've mentioned has good stuff even louis sessa showing us some good stuff out of the bullpen you maybe need another arm or two to finish that off and if you have to go trade for a starter, go do it. Or get Taiwan Walker. Like, I don't see why that's, like, a big deal to them if they can't get a guy like him. He was no, really good for Toronto like, last year. Yeah, it's not like Walker's a top-tier free agent that's going to cost you $300 million. Right. You, can get, you can get him on a very team-friendly deal. Build that rotation. Go 
bring in Brad Hand to replace Canley in that road in the bullpen, and there you go. But this is the original issue. This all goes back to the original issue. It all comes down to DJ LeMahieu because we've only got about $30 million, and DJ LeMahieu is going to take up 22 of that. That's why we can't sign these relievers. We can't sign these starters that we're talking about right now in the market because we need to see how much money we have left after DJ LeMahieu, not including Tanaka, not including Brett Gardner. That's why I'm so freaking annoyed that we're waiting this goddamn long for a pissing match with DJ LeMahieu. Get it done or fucking don't. Well, but I that's think the they problem, there, Don. You, the Yankees are acting like they're in the poorhouse. They're not. If you go over that first threshold, if you go over that next threshold, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Al does. <laughs> that's true. Well, then he needs to he needs to move on as an owner because he doesn't get it. Uh, see, that's the that's the point. Is I don't understand why he's holding on to a team when he doesn't even like the sport of baseball. It makes no sense to me. Why do you need to own the New York Yankees, Hal? Why? Because it's the Steinbrenner name. That's the only reason. I don't okay. majorly hate Hal Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner. I don't I'll really buy have the any Yankees for no money, and I'll let you keep your fucking name on it. Okay, if that's what you want to do, Hal, because you're ruining this team and you're pissing everyone else off. They're they're not doing anything, and it's frustrating. I don't overly hate Hal Steinbrenner. I don't think he's done anything terribly wrong. I just don't. I, I just know that at the moment, because of this goddamn coronavirus thing, that that were because the Yankees are his only major business and income. That is why we're we're, we're holding back. You know, the Mets is different. Yeah, yeah but you know what? that's not that. That's that's a lame excuse. Yeah, lame exactly. Excuse. I, He's using COVID as a reason to say, see, guys, I can't do anything. He wasn't going to do it anyway. Even if this was two years ago, they just spent $325 million on coal. He doesn't want to spend money anymore. Well, well, he's still dead. I mean, that's a big sign. The thing is, it doesn't look great when we get beat off the race. How much was the payrolls? $60 million? Yeah. You know, so uh, other also comes down to Brian Cashman because two hundred and ten million dollars should be more than enough to put together a World Series championship. You know, so he hasn't he hasn't uh, done a phenomenal job either. He's got he's put together some beautiful prospects, but we're not taking that next level. We're not taking that next step, and it's been exactly the same way since he fired Joe Girardi, and we've always been on the precipice of good, but we never quite break through. And we always get the same bullshit excuse every single year. So a lot of it is Brian Cashman, and some of it is Hal Steinbrenner holding on for no reason. We're the biggest organization in the world, beside the Dallas Cowboys, in the entire world of sports. We are the biggest organization. How the hell are we holding on penny pinching? It doesn't but make sense. Well, yeah. that's, the, that's the whole reason for my frustration. We're acting, you know, how is acting, treating the Yankees like, they're the Marlins or, or, you know, some of these other market teams. You know, yeah. enough, enough. Get the job done. I also, I don't want to be arrogant, but the New York Yankees, our fans, I'm sorry, we're the best fans in the world. We will reward this team when they win. Yep. We will spend money when they win. But to sit here and watch them not show us the same love, it, we don't understand it. We're entitled to the fact that we have – Love this team for, at least for me, for close to 30 years. I mean, I started watching baseball when I was two, three years old. So, I mean, this is my lifestyle. Baseball is all I care about. You know, we're all, we're, we're all on Twitter. We see how many podcasts are out there. 90% of them are all Yankee fans. You know, we, everybody, all of, all of us have a show, at, you know, on, on some level. You know. We give a shit. We could probably we care more about the success of this team on the field than the owners do. Then that's a massive problem. Yeah, and people it does, will go. It, I mean, it gives us great content for our shows when we're all pissed off and firing, <laughs> you know, firing off. You know, it's great. This is fun. I, I I'm, I'm glad that I finally, you know, I'm showing my frustration. You know. But I don't like. I want to. I want to come on here for one show and be like, "Wow, they actually got things done." Yeah, yeah. But you're like Evan said, 
And that will come when we win the World Series. Yeah, and that's exactly what Evan was saying. When the team wins, people will spend money. They'll buy the shirts, they'll buy the hats, they'll buy the the hoodies, all that stuff. The merchandise sales will be off the roof. Jerseys with the World Series patch on it. I got one from 09, a Jeter jersey. Mm -hmm. And it's just... The parade alone in New York City, I know it's a COVID now pandemic and we probably wouldn't have it, but the parade alone makes so much money for the city. It's not even funny. Yeah. And there's, there's ways they can make money. Like people are going to buy jerseys. They're going to buy all this stuff. If, even if it's at limited capacity, we've seen that even when the team is kind of bad, like look at 2016 when they traded everybody off, people still came to watch, you know, when Judge made his debut and yeah. they watched these young guys. Look at 2013. That roster was abysmal overall, and people were still going to watch the team play. So, it was 2013 the Vernon Wells days? And yeah. Half Lyle Bay. <laughs> Lyle Bay, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I forgot yeah. about Overbay. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, Ichiro was like our top player with Cano that year. That's true. It was interesting. <laughs> it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just – I fucking give up. You know, it's <laughs> – <laughs> I've had it. I've just had it. I want to. I want to. I want to enjoy the Yankees being the Yankees again. You know, and how is not understanding that I'm one of many fans that feel that way. Yeah, and it's not like we're asking them to spend three hundred million every year. Because no. as, as at least in my opinion, they can still go out and get some cheaper players and make this team better. Because look at 2014, they signed McCann and Beltron and Ellsbury, and they yeah. got Tanaka that year, and they didn't win. Mm-hmm. And then they, the only time that really worked was in 09 when we spent big money. Yeah. So we don't have to spend on the top free agents. Just add to the team, make it better, at least give the fans a reason to believe you want to win this thing as much as we want to see them win. The players want it. We know the players want it. But if you're not adding and filling the team's holes, which they have right now, it's mainly on the pitching side. You have the prospects to do it. If you can't make a free agent signing, go make a trade. Give up on some of them if you have to. Like Even if Gil turns out to be a really good pitcher, if we can get Castillo and win this year, the White Sox didn't care – or I'm sorry, the Red Sox didn't care that – um they had to get rid of prospects to get sale because what happened? They won. Yep. Mm-hmm. They won a championship. So if you have to go do it, go do it. Well, no, play- and I actually think that Sale is a worse pitcher than Castile. Look at look at the upside for Castile. He's younger. He has had a better injury history. He he throws harder. He's everything that we need in a pitcher because all we care about is guys who can throw 115 miles per hour. Okay, so go get him. I don't like you're gonna be giving up Gil and Medina. Guess who Gil and Medina are? They're the same as Castile. They're guys that throw 103 with control issues, but they're younger, so you're gonna have to wait for them to develop and fix those control issues, which probably isn't gonna happen this year. I'm sorry, I don't think they're ready. I think they're ready in two or three years. In two or three years, if we haven't won a World Series, our window's shut. Yeah, oh, and then we're talking about the, the, the window, the window is closing. And we're tired of being – what team could – you know, only, only Yankee fans can say we're tired of being a playoff team. We want to be a World Series team. You know, most teams will be happy just to, you know, be in that postseason bracket. But we're tired of just skimming by. We, we want – you know, LeMahieu is very key for the success of this team, make it happen. And the only reason – and you have the pitching. It's a very simple fix. You go, you, 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 you find out what the hell you want to do with Tanaka. You know, are you going to sign him? Or are you going to, you know, move forward? You know, but they got, they, they are, ter- one, they're, and they're terrible with keeping us informed with anything. Oh, they have the worst public relations department in freaking sports. Terrible. <laughs> We were all talking. We were already doing a show yesterday about Greg Allen, and five hours later is when the Yankees put a tweet out about how they got him. It's like you're a little late to the party. 
Or well, how about last year when Aaron Boone was saying that uh, Judge was just taken out in the seventh inning just so he could rest him. He'll be back tomorrow. And he was three months later. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, give me a freaking break. Yep. We're not idiots. You could be honest with us. We're, we're adults. We could, you know, if, just rip the band. You know, just rip the bandaid off. Just give it to us straight. No, and that's the problem. They treat us like idiots when we're all incredibly intelligent baseball fans who know most of this stuff before it even happens. I mean, we yeah. sit here and we research daily and we read <laughs> articles daily. And we, this is how many times have I got to say this is our lifestyle. We care more about baseball than most family members. <laughs> Absolutely. I have some family that would agree with you. <laughs> I have three cousins I don't talk to because of the teams they root for. Like, seriously. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't go that far. No, they're, they're I, asshole Red Sox fans. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. You're from New York. You could be a Red Sox fan when you have me as your cousin. Get out of here. <laughs> My man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 My issue with the Yankees and the way Brian Cashman has, has operated the last few years is the narrative always changes on a dime. And he honestly does treat us a little bit like we're stupid because we pretend that we, that we have short memories. Because, you know, he brings in Giancarlo Stanton or whatever, and he keeps saying, oh, we're the little engine that could. You're not the little engine that could at all. You're, you've got Giancarlo Stanton. You're ready to go, you know? And then um, he obviously fires um, – Joe Girardi brings in uh, Aaron Boone. That is a strange change in the narrative because, you know, Joe Girardi had us in the precipice of a World Series. Didn't quite happen. Brings in Aaron Boone. It's kind of like a step backward because he's a rookie manager. So you, you get these changed narratives the whole way. You know, Garrett Cole last year, we signed him, and, he's, and we're told he's the white whale. This is the, this is the one piece that we're missing to win a World Series. We didn't even get close. We didn't even get close. And then at the end of the offseason, Brian Cashman's like, I'm really proud. I thought we had a great year, you know? So the narrative changes. Are, what are we? Are we looking to win a World Series or are we the little engine that could, you know? Is Garrett Cole the whole, you know, white whale or do we need to add extra pieces? And then when it didn't happen, oh, well, you know what? We tried. So what is the narrative? Give us one strict narrative so that we can follow. Don't lie to us. Yeah, and I hate those terms and nicknames. Like, I hated the whole Baby Bombers bullshit. We're not the Baby Bombers. We're just the New York Yankees. And now it's like we're still acting like we're in the Baby Bombers mindset. Like, you guys are mentally weak. So, yeah, maybe Sanchez is a Baby Bomber and he needs to go to another team because he can't handle New York. That's my point. When we signed Giancarlo Stanton, he kept saying we're the little engine that could. No, when you bring in a guy like Giancarlo Stanton, you're not. You're ready to go. That's a term that should never be used with the Yankees. Yep. He was an MVP. That was an insult to the fan base. Runs. You're not a little engine, dude. You're a monster. <laughs> that was so stupid. That's my point. Yeah, it's it's annoying when they do all these nicknames and all that stuff. But like the whole baby bombers thing, I you know I'm a prospect guy, so I guess I can be considered sometimes a prospect hugger. But so I love seeing you know we kind of had this new looking core in place, like with Judge and Sevy and um. Sanchez and whoever else, but they're not the baby bombers anymore. Judge is a superstar in terms of how he plays when he's healthy and everybody knows who he is. He's a superstar. Sanchez at his best is really damn good. He's not a rookie anymore. We have Giancarlo Stanton. These guys that were the the up-and-coming pieces, they're not that anymore. Severino, when he's healthy and at his best, he's a legit number one on a lot of teams. He how, was our how, number one. How old is Clint Frazier now? 25, 26? Yeah. He like proved that. that he almost won a gold glove last year. If you're in a gold glove conversation, a rookie of the year conversation, I'm sorry. You're not a baby bomber or a prospect anymore. You're a major league ready player. They have a roster full of major league ready players, and it's not like they need to go and get Trevor Bauer. Bauer will be great, but they don't have to spend big. That's what I keep saying, and I'll keep saying it. They don't have to get – all these top free agents, they have a few holes they need to fill, and the team is right there, but it's like the ownership doesn't care and they don't want to admit it. And yeah. I'm not saying that they completely don't want to do it, but the financial restraints, like when you know you have the money to do it, just go do Robert, it. Robert, uh, question for you really quick because you said you're a prospect guy. Um, if you look back at the past 10 years, 
I would say right now and maybe a few years ago when we got Torres was the time where in which our prospects were most, um, you know, excitable for us, where we can look at maybe five guys who you know are possibly going to be pretty good. If that's the case, then you need to bank on trading a couple of them because yes. five of exactly. them probably won't pan out. The fact is you don't want to – take everyone out of the farm system. But if you have five to 10 guys who you're excited about, move two or three of them. No problem. Yeah. And it's like what Donald mentioned earlier with um, uh, Kennedy and Chamberlain and Hughes. That was it. We had those guys and that was it. There was no right. one, nobody else that was like, oh, we, we're going to be excited to see this guy. And I remember when they had the killer bees, what was it? Uh, Batansis, Bonuelos, and uh, Brackman. Yep. Two of those guys amounted to nothing. Batansis was supposed to be a starter and he couldn't do it, so he became a relief pitcher. Right, which and is they why not move those guys. I would have been more than comfortable to keep one of those three that you mentioned, Hughes, Kennedy, or Jabba. I don't care which one you kept, but you pick one and you put everything into that one player. That's what you do. They were all good, but you just can't just shove them in a rotation with when the when the Yankees' expectations are sky high, and then you're expecting them to pitch at that level right off the bat. That's what, I, that's what I'm worried about going into 2020 when we go World Series expectations and we're relying on three kids to come in and just carry the load. Because look, they, they did it to them, Severino. Exactly, and some of them won't pay off. It's just a fact. That's what prospects are. That's what they are. They're prospects. You, the, that's the, it says it in the, in the term. They're prospects. We don't know yet. The problem is there's only nine positions on the field. You know, you can only play so many players. You know, it, it's not like, you know, you could just cherry pick, you know, all right, well, this week we're going to have these guys on the bench. You have a set roster. If you're not going to use them, move them. You know, which is why I really, you know, I'm expecting Floreal to be on the move or Estrada, you know, there's only so many players you can hold on to. It's or Andujar, or Andujar, who we've held on to and held on to. Andujar's another one. Gone from our starting third baseman to a man without a position. And does he have any true value right now? Well, I don't know. How many players have they done that to over the years, Donald? Many, because look at Greg Bird, for example. He was supposed to be our first baseman of the future. And yeah. do I agree that his attitude and everything else was part of the reason why he failed? Yes, I do. But they also, he had surgery in March. They rushed him back so that he could get back before the trade deadline. He failed, and they said, okay, we're going to get Voight. And then Voight turned into something special, and they basically said, fuck you, Greg Bird, get out of town. His career's ruined. You can't do that prospects who you're going to call the future possibly the best example of brian cashman struggling with prospects is clint frazier he is a, he he's pissed him around he's moved him up from majors to triple a majors triple a majors triple a and he's expecting them to be perfect each single time and then his, his defense started to struggle a little bit and his attitude was no wonder his attitude was down he pissed around Yep. He had concussion issues, among other things, yeah. among people saying that he had immature personality, which he did. He was ready to start a couple of years ago, but we, we didn't have enough room for him or whatever. He kept, we kept going to Brett Gardner to find Brett Gardner. Uh, he, he's got to be, he's gotta be a, 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 a starting outfielder this coming Exactly. Day. He needs to play 100 games or more this season yeah. or, or trade him. I mean, he yep. was awesome for us last year, and then we get to the playoffs, and then we dump Didn't even play him. Just yeah. sat him. And they pinched hit Mike Ford over him. I was about to say that. Thank you. <laughs> That's another thing we can like we talked about in the previous episode is uh, their commitment to too many players. I'll never get over that. Why they like Mike Ford so much? Yeah, I don't, Ford Talkman. Yeah, it, I don't get it either. I mean, even Sessa. Sessa's a guy that they keep giving chance after chance after chance. He finally showed some, a little bit of something this year. But did we really need to, you know, was he that phenomenal of a pitcher where we knew he was just about to break out? No. Sessa was somebody that he would come on, he would come into a game and we'd all put our hands in our head going, what the hell? You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of what Phil Jackson did when he came to the Knicks. He built a whole resume of having 10 world championships 
and being the smartest guy in the room constantly. He gets to New York and wants to prove that he's still the smartest guy in the, in the room, so he makes these idiotic moves. That's the same thing with, with Talkman and Ford. When their value goes up, Cashman goes, see, I told you I can make a good move, blah, 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 blah. And now it's not working, and he's unwilling to do these other moves because in the past, they haven't paid off. He needs to figure out which prospects he's going to use for a future and which prospects can get us a future piece right now. Well, he needs to figure out the guy's ceiling. I mean, it was obvious that Tackman reached his, his ceiling. He was having a wonderful year, but you knew it was never going to go any higher than that. That was when you can trade him. He actually, Cashman's already said he's a trade offers for him, but he's not. He's just sat on it. I mean, what are you sitting on? Yep. It's making sense to me. Yeah, after after 2019, Tuckman should have been in a trade. And you yes, could have got you could have gotten a extract value from people. And it's not that I dislike these people, it's just that they have a ceiling. And then when you reach a ceiling, that is when you need to trade them. The ceiling was the 2019 trade deadline. Talkman should have been moved. You get value back. Huh? Might have lost Evan there. Yeah, maybe. No, he's He's around there somewhere. I think it's he definitely Cashman is not a wheeler dealer. I think that I think we can sum that up. He's just not a wheeler. <laughs> Cashman got him. He just does not do that. And he's not a horrible GM. I'm just I just think that he doesn't wheel and deal like other guys do. You know? Yeah. Hal's listening into the podcast right now and he took Evan out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> he's had, he had to feed. <laughs> <laughs> But, you think I'm not that smart, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, what are you thinking? Where do you think we should go from here, Rob? Me? Um, oh, Rob. Yeah. Okay, um, well, the guy I wanted is out of the question now. If you I can get Taiwan Walker, I would. I still think he's a he'd be a good piece to add. Ideally, we have Lemayhew back soon, sooner rather than later. And we can focus on the pitching. So that's everyone's been saying it. That's what's holding everything up, is not having him back. It was the same thing last year. That's why we pretty much told Didi you can walk because they were focused on getting Cole, and now they're focused on getting DJ. And we're going to see some of these other names eventually. These free agents are going to start signing. So a guy like Walker, who's probably or Quintana, who are probably the next best guys after Bauer and Tanaka, and Tanaka could be gone soon too. To another team. Well, another name for you who the Yankees love, Corey Kluber. What do you think of that? No, nah, I'm That'd not too – You could take a flyer on him, but – I think it's a big risk. I think yeah, it's a, yeah. a big risk. But I think at this point, do you make a move to just make a move? I mean, Donald, you've brought up that we probably only have about $8 million left. Do you give well, that $8 million to Kluber straight up? Because I think he might cost a little bit more than that. I don't know. I think we've got injury history. I don't want to. I don't want to mess with mess with guys with injury history. We've got enough of that in our in our rotation. Exactly. No, I think what they need to do is once they figure out all this mess with with Lemayhew, with that money that's left, if you if they really want to 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 play the you know the make believe like they're a poor team, then you make you go after the cast. You know, you make a deal with the Reds for Castillo. You know, and then you go for then you go from there and use whatever's left for a bullpen arm, and there's your three moves. You got you, you solidify your offense and your infield. You add an arm to the rotation and an arm to the bullpen. Yeah, there you go. And they're not that far away. That's it. No, no, the roster's loaded. Just pitch. What do you think about uh, Whit, Whit, Whit Merrifield? Uh, could we get? Never him? heard of him. Is that a possibility? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what he play for? Yeah. I haven't heard from him in about 24 hours. I mean, <laughs> at this point, that's all I want. I don't, we're not going to do anything. I really think that this offseason is pretty much done. I think that um, our only shot is bringing back DJ and Tanaka. I think those are the only possible moves they make. I think Tanaka is going to cost too much, and I think they really – are going to try to push these prospects to come up. And I'm sorry, I don't think Medina and Gill are ready. No. They're ready either. I don't no, I think they're also putting two – I kind of – I wouldn't be annoyed if they put a lot of the spotlight on Garcia and Schmidt. 
I would, you know, they're not marquee names that, you know, we don't know enough about what they're, you know, it was only a 60 game season. You know, we don't know how they're going to, how much, how their endurance is during 162. But I think that those are two of the pitches that I think should get a shot. Everybody else should be an option to go. Well, to be moved. we need to prove that we trust Garcia because what we did to him in the playoffs was beyond ridiculous. And you don't do that to a 21 year old kid who thinks that he's getting his shot in the future. Right. It's just not okay. Either use right. him as a trade piece or use him the right way. Because if you're going into the season and you're going to keep bringing him up and down, rotation, bullpen, you can't do that. That's the whole reason Jabba, Ian Kennedy. Exactly. I was just going to say, we don't need him to be another Jabba. Make a decision and put all your eggs in his basket and let him try to be the face of the, the future for us. We did exactly the same with Clark Schmidt, Evan. Remember that? Clark Schmidt, his rookie debut, we just threw yeah. him in the middle of an inning. It's and the it, it doesn't work. That it's oh God. I, I just I I hate when you mentally stunt a player's growth by getting in his head like that. Because they did it to Clint. And I'm sorry, Clint had every opportunity fail and he didn't fail he showed us all that he was going to do this and he's doing it and i was the biggest uh hater of of i call him red blunder i i dislike clint frazier very much but he has done everything the yankees have asked him to do and they're not showing him what they're going to do with him i love clint now i think he's awesome he's a baller i liked him from day one i always thought he was had a hell of a bat but we just pissed around with him because we don't know what to do with our prospects when we have them when, when you know, we have a prospect that we love, we don't know what to do with him. You know, what we've done is Sanchez. Sanchez is one of, the, one of the top five catchers possibly ever if we if you're the current trajectory, but we pissed around with him. Pissed around with his catch and stance and up and down, this, flat, and the other. Yeah. The, he shelved himself. Yeah. But, to, you know, to piggyback off what Evan said, you know, with, with Frazier, I wasn't a big Frazier guy either. Yeah, I thought he was just too immature for the New York market. And I'll give the guy credit. He did a complete 180, and all of the critics, if only temporarily, he'd shut us up. And I give him a lot of credit for that. Because not a, not a lot of kids in, in, in this market can endure what he endured and silence us. Because us you know, Yankee fans are the, the, the best critics in the world, and we do not sugarcoat anything. You know, so he really stepped up. That's why I, I would real I'll be pissed if he's not on that that uh starting outfielder. He's gotta start left field. There's another angle we could explore. Are you guys really confident in running with this really, you know, young team with the kind of coaching staff that we have? No. I mean, let's face it, Aaron Boone is a middle manager, right? He's not really you can't imagine him sitting in and teaching people. He's not a teacher, okay? The pitching coach that we have is not, a, is not a teacher. We had one, we got rid of him, right? Now we've got an analytics guy, purely numbers, video-based, no, right? And, and, and look where Larry went. Look where Larry Rothel chopped. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yes. And Diego now with a great rotation, and he's doing his job, and they're not complaining about See, him. So was he really the issue? Him, the, the, the new catching coach that we have to teach with Gary Sanchez kind of messed around with his batting – his catching stance and Gary Sanchez already said he doesn't like it and in his own words you know so are you really confident in this in this staff that we have you know because Boone is not a teacher he's not a teacher he's not really a manager he just does whatever's told from him from above so I don't trust that these guys are going to develop the way that they could develop Clark Schmidt and Garcia is the best example yeah you know Matt Blake, I think, is capable of doing the job, but I think the Yankees are so out of their element when they try to be so analytical that they're constantly changing things in stance and grip, you know, grip and cat, you know, catching stance. Just look, you know, just go back to basics and just play baseball. It's it's really that freaking simple. But also, look look at some of the players that Matt Blake has worked with. He has worked with Cy Young winners and studs. Yeah. 
he is great veterans. So he, we really haven't seen him develop any player single game. Yeah. You really, got, yeah, it's only one coach, year. Different between a video guy and a pitching coach. There's a yeah, big difference. Exactly. Uh, he's not coach. the one that's teaching. It's the computer and the stats that's yeah. teaching. And he needs to be more hands-on with these young prospects who are still kind of learning what their style in this game is going to be. How does he know? He's young, and he's just gotten his first real shot after leaving his first team. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, I think this year should be – I'm hoping with, with you know, um, Garcia and Schmidt, you know, uh, Loisega, you know, I, I, I really hope that Blake really gets them into that next plateau. You know, I, I, maybe – you know, not necessarily – they don't necessarily have to pitch like All-Stars – but be a contributing piece to a World Series team. That's also the problem, though, is we need to sit here and pray that Herman and Monty are everything that we think they're going to be. If those guys get injured or don't live up to expectations, then we're screwed because those are the two back-end starters in our rotation. Whatever yeah. anybody says about George Girardi, some people had a lot of issues with him, fair enough. But you can't question that George Girardi, Rob Thompson, and Pena were all really good yep. coaches – teachers and they knew the Yankees inside out and what it meant to be a Yankee and the expectations that it took to be a Yankee and to perform at that level. I'm not convinced that this new analytics middle manager staff that we've got is actually of that level. Personally. Those, those three that you just mentioned are elite teachers in the game. Phenomenal. And yet for some reason, because of their personality, no one wants to work with them. The fact that Girardi got fired after winning manager of the year in the Marlins is a fucking joke. And then he comes here, does everything in his power, wins us a World Series, and they fire him again because he can't work with Gary Sanchez, who is mentally weak? Yeah, that's it. That's the point. It's crazy. Yeah, the guy goes one one game away from the World Series, and that, and you give up on him. And, and he did so on a rebuilding team. We were we had no expectations to do anything in 2017, none, and we came a game from winning from getting to the World Series against a team who had to cheat to get there. Yeah. And Sanchez actually caught very well in 2017. And who was his catching coach? It was Pena. Pena was a good catching. He did yeah. a good job. Fantastic. Then we fire him. And he's not been the same since. Yeah, you know, one thing I think that gets uh, un, uh, that's not mentioned enough with Girardi. Uh, as the players were getting older, and we had, you know, like the 2013s, 2014 years, we still were in contention. You know, he, he kept those older players. He kept their egos in check. And they played winning baseball. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that part of his manage, you know, managerial resume gets mentioned enough. Yeah. And it, I talk, I think about um, everyone's favorite third baseman, Alex Rodriguez. In 2013, he had that whole suspension thing he had to go through. And Girardi defended that guy when he yeah. got hit by Dempster when he came back. They, he dealt with a lot in those two, those couple of years we missed the playoffs. And like, I can't remember who just said it. Kind of zoned out for a second, but we almost made it. <laughs> we almost made it in 2013. Alfonso Soriano almost carried us to the playoffs, and in 2014, I don't know what happened. That that year was just it was more like just a tour to goodbye to Derek Jeter. But yeah, yeah we almost made it in 2013 with a terrible roster. Yeah. One of the worst I've seen in my 32 years. It really was garbage. Well, that's and, it for all these analytics geeks. Um, Girardi always outperformed the average uh, win total for, for the numbers that we put together in that season. Yeah. He always outperformed it by a lot. Yeah. So for all those analytics geeks, Girardi actually outperformed as a coach in many years because he had a lot of flawed rosters that Cashman gave him. The only non-flawed roster they had was in 2009, and he won the whole damn thing. In 2009. Ever since then, it, it started to gradually go down again until he was given a really good team which was that team that he took us to the precipice of a World Series and they got fired for it. So yeah, think about it. Problem with the job that he did. When you think yeah, about 2017, it. that team, if you think about it, really wasn't expected to go anywhere. No one thought we were going to make the playoffs. No, and that was the fun of it. Yeah. yeah. That's why we all enjoyed that year so much. And then when we get Stanton the following offseason, we're like, the Yankees are back. This is what George would do. 
Yeah. I hate that. I always hate saying, well, if George was still alive, but that was a George Steinbrenner move. The defending NL MVP becomes available and you go out and get him for nothing. Starlin Castro was great, but you give him up 10 times out of 10 for the defending MVP. So, and then we just don't win with it. Like, that's the thing that bothers me. They didn't keep adding on after Stanton. Yeah. They had a chance to get Cole. They didn't want to do it. And they waited two years. And we were still searching for a championship. Yeah, because realistically, they should have made that move with the Pirates, even if they wanted Severino, because we haven't seen him for roughly two years now. So does it really matter? You're waiting on a guy whose future is so uncertain. There's so many red flags with him. If he is what he was when he first came up, then we're in good hands. But he just had Tommy John surgery. And I hate how people say that every pitcher comes back from Tommy John and is now a better pitcher. That's not always the no, case. No, not necessarily. And we don't know how he's going to handle um, – all these situations. Like I said, I've always thought that they pressured Severino way too hard to be the ace before his time was there. Now you're expecting him to be a number three starter. Is that going to be a drastic shift for him? It might be. We also signed him to a big deal without giving him a proper examination on his arm because he was injured. I don't think he got a big deal. You didn't actually need to sign that big contract. You, you, you still are arbitration eligible, but we still signed him to a big deal without going through the proper procedures and checking his arm. That was bad. That was a bad job by Cashman. I'm sorry. I wouldn't call that a big deal, dude. I, no. I really don't think it is. Just like I would not call it. Four, four, year, four years, $10 million a year is not a big deal. That, that's nothing for someone that at one point you considered your next ace of the franchise. I mean, that's a fucking well, he was deal. hurt for a couple of years. He, he, was, he was always hurt in July, August, even every single year without him. So he, was, he had issues. Yes, but, but from the sample size that we saw – past the health issues you could see that that 40 million dollars has already been significant i mean it's not it's not a big deal moving forward i think his contract's better than hicks contract and hicks contract is also a star well that was crazy that was crazy i don't i don't mind i mean but the years is crazy was it 10 years they gave him well, with Hicks, the twelve ten million dollars wasn't a big deal it was the seven years the years are crazy Yes, but you were banking on the fact that the the free agent market and how the offseason was working those two years ago when we signed him was dead. And all these players were scared that they were not going to get their money, which is yeah. why you saw around the league them signing for cheaper bargain deals because they thought, okay, the market's dead in two years. I'm not going to get that. Well, the market went up. It's like the stock market. It fluctuates. There's a spectrum. Um, so we've 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 seen it like last year. A lot of people spent the money we did on on, on Garrett Cole, and the, the Nationals did on Strasburg. Um, this year, you're not seeing that, and you probably won't. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we're gonna wrap this up, and uh, we'll save the rest of the venting for another day. We'll be back here on Sunday night, and uh, just want to hope everybody's enjoys whatever's left of that Friday and. And weekend. And uh, from everybody at YankeeChronicles.com, I want to thank everybody for watching. And just remember to like, share, and subscribe to the channel and watch all our crazy shows. And hopefully, uh, next time you come on, we'll have better news to share. Well, so, <laughs> so, all right. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs>